It's another week. It's another episode of the Dave Stoppages on Real Estate Experience Podcast. Well, welcome once again to the Dave Stoppages Real Estate Experience Podcast. I'm Dave Stoppridge. Every week, taking 10 minutes out of my week to share with you the news that I hope helps make you and save you tens of thousands of dollars in making better real estate decisions. I like to cover often all the hot topics as they come along. And there's been no hotter topic this week than migration. And yes, without doubt, 100% migration into this country has had a positive effect on property values forever. That is not news. So when we're talking about housing affordability as an issue, at the heart of that is migration. We've seen that when legislators take action to curtail foreign investment in real estate, that the consequences uh, are almost immediately felt. We saw that recently when the government turned the taps off for the Chinese buyers and made it all the more difficult for Chinese investors to place their money in real estate in Australia uh, by uh, increasing the imposter stamp duty, by ensuring that there was a, uh, a percentage of the purchase uh, price set aside uh, in the case of capital gains, just to ensure that should these properties sell into the future, that these foreign investors already held some tax back that the ATO could claw back so ensuring that some of the money remained here but of course what did that do that scared a lot of people away because it meant to buy a property of five hundred thousand dollars all of a sudden now a prospective purchaser might have to come up with fifty or sixty thousand dollars with their stamp duty and with this um, amount of money that was required to be set aside and so what have we seen as a result of the government taking out these Chinese buyers out of our marketplace. And I shouldn't just say the Chinese because uh, there were other uh, nationals, but it was certainly the case that the Chinese were the prevalent force at auctions. They were certainly at the pointy end of most uh, auctions over the last two or three years. Um, and even they weren't, in fact, the buyers. They were usually a very aggressive underbidder, just pushing up values. I saw that myself on several occasions. And a good example of that was a property that we sold at Door Park that Well, it sold for about $150,000 more than what would have been acceptable to the vendors and a clear $110,000 more than what uh, the banks have valued the property for. Now, there was two Chinese buyers fighting it out and that was some hundred or so thousand dollars above the rest of the market, which is of course fantastic for the vendor, but you can only imagine the dismay of mums and dads that lived locally that were looking to secure a home for themselves and for their family to enjoy for many years to come, who are active members of the community and seeking to make an investment in that community for the long term. Well, of course, those people were being quickly priced out of the market as auction results uh, were demonstrating uh, the prices being achieved well in excess of what uh, agents or vendors were expecting at the time. And that's a particularly unusual dynamic that has been somewhat curtailed by the government's recent changes to foreign, uh, foreign ownership laws in this country. And it wasn't just the million dollar plus market that was being affected. It was everyday homes that everyday mums and dads were looking at buying. The four, the five, the $600,000 property market, what we'd call mortgage belt territory. It was those people that were most affected uh, during this time. So there's a few things to consider. We saw that the surge in pricing came as a result of Chinese investors seeking to place their money into Australian real estate. 
And we saw that there has been certainly less competition around those same listings that come a year or two down the track without noticeably a, a huge change in buyer sentiment during that period of time. So we do understand that the government have some levers here that they can pull uh, legislatively in order to soften or dampen uh, a hot real estate sector. So you can only imagine the effect that perhaps not bringing in a quarter of a million people into the country would have. And the government equally have a responsibility there. It's not just enough to say no to foreign investment. Perhaps other measures need to be taken to ensure that uh, migration into the country is uh, accounted for and on a very and, and on a sustainable and manageable basis to ensure that those people that are already here can comfortably find themselves into affordable real estate in the areas that perhaps they grew up in. So with Australia having a birth rate of just 1.75%, how is it that Sydney's population that took nearly 30 years between 1971 and 1999 to go from three to four million people, in the 17 years since, has added another million, so doubling the growth rate. And that is expected to see, and Sydney is now expected to see a doubling in its population again to nearly 10 million by 2036. So it's quite plain to see that with a birth rate of 1.75%, these people aren't being born here this is an artificial market. This is a market that's being created by importing the consumer, by importing buyers into the market. So when we're talking housing affordability, when we're talking supply and demand, we're talking about a artificial metric. We're talking about a metric that can easily be controlled. It can be turned on and it can be turned off. The government have the power to do that. So you need to ask yourself, why is it that the federal government has a policy of pushing up real estate values to unaffordable levels in accommodation of, well, you guessed it, a bigger economy? When you have a high level of migration, you have a higher level of economic growth. That's very, very plain to see. We, we, we understand that. We also understand that the party that manages a strong and vibrant economy tends to be also the party that wins elections. And so quite blindly, the Liberal Party and the Labor Party, they've walked hand in hand in this for, for many, many years now, have sought a big Australia. They've sought uh, an economy that, that, is, uh, that enjoys growth on the back of its population or its increasing population rather than the strength of its innovation. It's really a real estate led economy where the money that's, the wealth that's created by everyday Australians is in the, and, and dependent upon the continued capital growth of the properties that Australians are purchasing. So if you're going to transact in and out of property, this is not going to really be helpful to you uh, because the price that you're paying is always going to go up and you're just going to cover your gap in the, in the meantime. If you buy a property today and hold on to it for the next 50 years and, and you do nothing other than pay down your mortgage, you'll enjoy, if 
especially migration rates remain at the current very high levels, you will undoubtedly enjoy capital growth that you could then, all things being equal, no collapse to the financial sector, be able to borrow against and unlock that equity at judicious times and inject that money into the economy when you need a new car, when you want a boat, perhaps if you want to buy an investment property or a holiday house. That is what our economy is based on. Our economy is based on one, a personal wealth created through real estate, then that personal wealth is generated by an increase in uh, population of people that are imported from overseas. So if we're to consider a smaller Australia and a reduced migrant intake, then we must also look at the consequences of that. And that would be a depression in real estate values. Ultimately, if the government turned off the taps of migration tomorrow and we decided to take not one single person in from overseas, then what you would almost certainly see is a, a, a collapse in property values. You would see, firstly, it affecting the rental market. Then the trickle-down effect would be capital values uh, depressing, supply and demand shifting quite dramatically. And when it does that, it, and, and when property values drop, and drop quite quickly, banks' knee-jerk reaction is to buffer themselves and they do so by increasing interest rates and making it harder for people to borrow money to buy property. Now, that means a tightening in lending criteria. It means less money being lent and essentially leads to economic stagnation. So yes, we can have affordable housing in this country, but it's fair to say that Middle Australia would have to go through some pretty significant pain in order for that to occur. So when we're talking about whether more migrants are good for our economy or not, then that, I think that that question uh, is, at, is, is beyond doubt. 100% more migrants into the country is good for the economy. That is purely why our federal government has a policy of large migrant intake into the country, regardless of political persuasion. That, that is without doubt the, the agenda here. Now, whether or not that's good for Australia socially is still a question being discussed in the community. And, and I think a really robust discussion around that is taking place, but it's taking place in isolation to the discussion about the financial consequences of us going with the, in the small Australia direction. So they're the thoughts I'll leave you with. If you're a believer that we need to take in less migrants into this country, that we need to put the brakes on, that we need some stabilising in terms of our infrastructure and, 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 and cultural integration, then um, also consider that this will have a negative effect on your property's value. Now, if you don't own property at the moment and you're looking to the future and you want your kids to be able to afford a home near you, well... I think there's only one thing that you can be in support of, and that is a smaller Australia. If you would like to see upward capital growth uh, on a perpetual basis, then you're going to need more migrants into the country. It's, it's that simple. But you can't have it both ways, and certainly not in the short term. So I think when we're talking about this, this question that I think will, and this issue that I believe will be huge come election time, we need to look at it as the double-edged sword issue that it actually is. It is not one-dimensional and it needs to be thought about in a very holistic manner. Because I see a lot of middle Australians asserting a small Australia policy 
And they're exactly the same people that have been most susceptible should there be a significant adjustment in the value of their home. So I'm Dave from Real. That they're my thoughts on the subject. I'm not completely resolved one way or the other. Uh, my sensibilities are that uh, certainly we need to be mindful of the uh, type of people that we encourage into our country. We need to sure, ensure that we give space and time for people to integrate and to assimilate into our culture so that we can draw the best of their culture into our own and ultimately uh, ensure that our values uh, remain true to what has made this country what it is today. Um, and I'm sure that you know, we'll reflect upon some of the mistakes we've made in the past and, and project into the future better outcomes if we do that. So uh, I hope you've enjoyed my take on the subject. I'll be talking about this more as we get closer to the election and as this uh, topic gets uh, and this conversation gets deeper. Uh, if there's any questions or queries you have of me that are real estate specific in the meantime, of course, never hesitate to give me a call or drop me a line, email or connect with me on my socials. Dave Sobridge's Real Estate Experience Facebook page is often the easiest one to remember and to get in contact with me. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. If you didn't, if you haven't already subscribed, uh, if you have already subscribed, I thank you for doing so. And please leave a review if you get a chance. I much appreciate it. It helps me deepen my, uh, my audience and my reach and get this message out to more people. Thanks so much again, and I look forward to talking to you next. Dave Stockbridge's Real Estate Experience podcast is brought to you by the Influencers and Innovators podcast, proudly supported by Matthew Norris Visual Productions. I'm Dave Stockbridge. Thanks so much for joining us once again, and we'll look forward to speaking with you next week.